What's up, everybody? Welcome to GWR Gonzo's Wrestling Room. We've got a big show today. Uh, Tony's with us, uh, as usual. Got a special guest, manager of the year, the director of Hollywood House is uh, with us today. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Always great to come back and chat up with my boys here at GWR. My man, Chris, the OG Tony. Happy to be back. Great. Oh, yeah, we're, we're uh, happy to have you. We've been trying to get this together for a little while man a while we've both been so busy it's hard to get our schedules to mash up no doubt i'm glad we finally did it go ahead dad oh i'm fine just listening <laughs> <laughs> hey um well let, let's start with what you've been having going on i know you've been busy i've seen i've seen you on tv on a uh, ovw yes man seen yes. you out seen you out chill, chilling in vegas and putting people in trunks <laughs> man we had a blast over in vegas man that was um that was my first out-of-state booking with uh sam knight the enforcer of household productions and the world star paragon the world star of household productions and man we had a really good time like i said it was my first it was my first out-of-state booking and it was also my first three show loop i'd never done three shows in a row like that before and it, it for me personally, it really showed me what these uh, what these guys and girls do um, to, you know, just just to have a chance to try to get to the show. You know what I'm saying? When I say the show, I mean, the AEWs, the NWAs, the impacts, the Ring of Honors, the, the WWE, of course, you know, it, it, doing that three show loop. I mean, I loved it and I really enjoyed it. But boy, it, it really did take a lot out of me, though. <laughs> How did it feel? How did it feel when you came? Like you came through that curtain in Vegas, being like your first big show out of state, like you're talking, and and you get a good reaction from the crowd. That I mean, that had to be a great feeling. Yeah, you know what, Chris? Like, okay, let me just let me just put it to you like this: like, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that's usually not uh, uh, like uh, in the director's like vocabulary is self doubt. You know, like I don't really there's not a whole lot of self-doubt. But for a second there, for a split second, I was like, okay, I'm outside of Indiana. I'm outside of home base here. You know, these these people don't really know who I am, you know. So it 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 was it it was awe-inspiring for me personally, 
to to get that reaction that I wanted when I was out there in Vegas because I absolutely did. But it also let me know that I can do this director thing. I can take my act and I can do it anywhere and people are going to get it. And I think that that just meant a lot for me personally. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, how How's how the crowds out there? The crowd, you know, it, it's okay. So it was versus pro studio. I got to make sure I give them their love versus pro really took care of me when I was out there and, and, uh, made sure that I had, that had stuff to do there. Even if you guys didn't see me, if you guys didn't see me ringside next to either Paragon or Sam, you saw me at, um, you, you saw me over on commentary. So that was kind of two birds with one stone. Um, it was great to not only say that I went out to Vegas and managed, but I also went out to Vegas and uh, and did commentary too. But the crowds were real receptive. It was a uh, what it was. It was like a cosplay event, like a gaming tournament cosplay event. So like the the new generation of wrestling fans, that's really what you saw out there at at this younger and and like. Like, you know, geeky, nerdy, you know, that type of vibe, you know, but it was good. And they and they responded to myself, Sam and Paragon really well. It was a it was a blast. It was definitely different than the Midwestern crowds, but not in a bad way, just in a different way. Uh, Jordan James said, yo, house, when do I get to utilize your services? I can protect you from the right hand. <laughs> you know what, Jordan James, we were just talking about him a little bit before the show went on the air. And man, he is he is such a underappreciated talent in my eyes. Like the dude just gets it. He knows how to work a crowd. Um, I think he's going to be there this Saturday with us. We'll talk a little bit about that um, when you guys are ready to. But but man, just just holler at me, bro. We'll get together. You know what I mean? I'm a fan of Jordan James. I want to make that public here on GWR. I'm a fan of Jordan James. Yeah, we, well, I agree 100. Yeah, percent I've been saying the same thing as you. He's he's not appreciated enough. He should be getting booked on a lot more shows and other places than what he does. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a great heel, man. He he knows how to work the crowd. He's fun to watch. I've seen it firsthand, and it is. It's a joy to watch him work. And I think he gets every time we see him. I actually think he's he's getting he's getting better. Well, and that's you, what you see it. That's what we want to do, right? Yep. Like every outing, we want to be better than the last time. So, like. I don't want to not give him his praise and say that that's not great, but it's what he should be doing as a talent as well, was that's getting better every single time that he's going out there. And and I think that's what we're seeing. So definitely I commend my boy for that. And uh, yeah, Jordan James, you guys need to be watching those Jordan James, ma Jordan James matches for real. When you, see, when you see him share a poster or a flyer, try to make it a point to go see what my man is doing. And, uh, Juice Incredible said, "Big time Hollywood." <laughs> Juice Incredible, he runs the uh, he runs the In Your House Facebook page and is and is the mind behind a lot of the graphics and stuff that you see that I put out and stuff. Like, um, he's he's somebody that really flies under the radar in terms of like what he does is really like off air, off screen, backstage stuff. You know, as far as uh, and and and. and it's something that we've heard the Ultimate Warrior talk about. We also heard the Undertaker talk about it. And that's give props and love to people in the professional wrestling business that aren't on camera all the time, that aren't on screen all the time, the ones that are producing things in the background. And that's not just at WWE. That's not just at AEW. That's independent professional wrestling, too. That's the people that are ringing the bell, the people that are designing posters, the people that are designing match graphics, um, all that 
that stuff. So like, shout out to Juice Incredible because it just it, it just really speaks to me personally. It speaks to me um, the work that he's putting. I've known him for years, so it's great to see him finally catching some wins. And Jordan James said, "My dude, look for that letter in the mail bag." Or in the mail, big dog. My man, my man. Hopefully, I'll be seeing you Saturday. If that if that's the case, then um, we we won't have to wait. So, uh, other than the, what about OVW? How was that experience? We talked oh quite a bit about Vegas, but I know OVW had to be cool. Okay, so I, I'm going. I'm Chris OG. I'm I'm going to be straight up with y'all. I was waiting to do this specific show. Gonzo's wrestling room to talk about this in, in depth. I didn't even talk about it in depth on in your house because like in your house is more like geared towards the, the talent, like in ring talent and stuff like that and reviewing shows. And so I tried not to make it a point to talk too much about myself on my own show. Cause that just, cause that just, I don't know. It, it's, it's just off putting to me, you know? So I was waiting to come here to you know, a show that I've come on before and had a lot of great moments on before to talk about this great moment. And I gotta tell you, man, doing OVW was something that I never imagined in a million years that I would do when I started when I started doing In Your House three years ago. That was never the goal. I'll be honest, that was never the goal when I started. I was I like I pretty much started the way you guys started. I just wanted to talk wrestling with my homies and record it, and maybe something will come of it. You know, um, but the like actually doing OVW was just insane in so many different ways. First off, like just just getting booked like I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to do OVW. Like it blew my mind. And then like I kept telling myself how many people have walked through those hollowed halls, how many people have represented that brand at one point or another, because as we all know, at, at some point, OVW was WWE's developmental territory. Yes. Yep. So you had your, you had your um, um, Mickey Jameses that came through there. You had your Batistas, you had your Shelton Benjamins, you had your John Cena's. I mean, the, the uh, Elijah Burks, you had your just, so much an eclectic group of talent that went on and ended up having Hall of Fame caliber careers and many championships and many different promotions, not just the WWE. So to go there and say, hey, Hollywood House is good enough to be considered for OVW was huge. And then when you actually get there and you see all the pictures on the wall of people that have represented that brand and then and then having a chance to to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one with Al Snow, like critiquing critiquing the match and everything that me and Sam had done. Shout out to Sam because he really he he you you guys really don't understand how much Sam sacrifices just for Hollywood House to be Hollywood House. Like straight up, he really does. So like to be able to get him a television appearance was great. Um, to be appearing on TV was great, and you know it was just. It, it was almost like a whirlwind because it took me like a few days to really process what I had done. And it, it, it's one of the shining moments of my life. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not joking around. I'm not overshooting it here. Doing OVW was one of the shining moments of my life. Cause it was one of those things that first off, let me know that I've arrived as a professional wrestling manager. 
But but second off, it let me know that I was good enough to be there because even after what we did was done, um, there was I'll just put it out here right now. There was handset bringing bringing Hollywood House and Sam Knight back to OVW. So it that's that's makes me feel good to know. Not only did I get an opportunity to go to OVW, one of the most prestigious brands, one of the most prestigious developmental brands in the United States. Not only that, but also go there and be good enough to say, hey, at some point we want you back. So it, it was great. It was one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. And like uh, sh uh, straight up shout out to Al Snow. Um, shout out to Doug Basham. Doug Basham was our agent. You guys remember the Basham brothers yep. uh, from from uh, from WWE. Uh, he was the agent on our match. Uh, he was great. Um, shout out to Sam Knight and shout out to Elijah Burke because um, you know, in a lot of a lot of situations, um, there, there's a lot of people out here that's working hard. They're working hard just to get these type of opportunities. But I'll be honest, uh, you know, me being a professional wrestling manager and not an in-ring talent, you know, it, it, it in a lot of cases, and I'll just be 100% honest, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. So thank you to Elijah Burke for curating that um, situation for me. And uh, and, I, and I'm happy to say that I, I don't think I, I, uh, I hurt the Elijah Burke uh, brand that he put on me by going there and, and having a good outing and being able to say at some point we'll be back. Uh, how, how's it uh, dealing with an agent? I mean, we've been on the independent scene, you know, don't necessarily have agents. You got promoters. Yeah. And, uh, how's that dealing with an agent? How's that differ? And how'd you like doing that? Well, it, it you know, it, it was, it was different. Don't get me wrong. Like it was different, but also I understand that the reason that I was there was to learn how to work TV. Like, and, and that's, and this is exactly what OVW was doing. I don't want to talk too much on their behalf, but I'm just coming from my perspective that it feels like what they're doing as they're teaching um, you how to work TV and they're grooming the next generation of sports entertainers. Oh, whoo, oh, I said a bad word. I said a bad word, but, but, but that's what it feels like. They're breeding the next generation of sports entertainers. So, I, so yeah, having a agent was different, but not in a bad way. He's just there to kind of make sure that like, Hey, it's the, it's like having a third eye because when you are in the independent locker rooms, it's just um, the, the two wrestlers talking about what they're going to do, but because there's so much more at stake besides just, the people that are in the house, you have to think about, oh, we have to make sure you're running eight to 10 minutes because our next commercial break is in eight to 10 minutes. It's going to be at this time. Yeah. So I understand why having an agent is so important. And really it was an easy time. Doug Basham to be my very first agent made it very easy on me, easy to understand, easy to work with. I, I, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it actually. I think it enhanced the match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I think the agents probably give you what they probably give you like certain points. I mean, they probably don't tell you every single thing to do. Yeah, but, no, it's not everything. And yeah. there was there was a lot of times where Basham was like, "Hey, you don't have to do this. If you want to tweak it, we could do it this way that suits you." So yeah, it's not like they're just pounding in an itinerary in your head. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that would be different because, like I said, on the independence. I know, well, we've been to a couple shows and we actually was in a meeting, been to a couple meetings where, yeah. where the promoter's talking to the talent. And basically, well, there's one particular one, I won't say who it is because I don't want, you know, they may not want us to say. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. said that, you know, hey, 
you guys do your match. He said, I'm not going to tell, even tell you, get on to you on time. Try to watch it. He said, if I tell you six minutes, you, you're not going to go six minutes. You're going to go longer. Just yeah. be, just be respectful of the other talent on the show. Don't go crazy. Yeah, and yeah. Basically, do what you want. Told them, told them who they wanted, you know, to go over. Yep. And, and that was pretty much it. I mean, the meeting takes maybe five or ten minutes, and it's real laid back. Uh, yeah. Kind of interesting. I'm sure not all uh, independents are ran that way. But, uh, you know, he pretty much let Rassler, you put the match together. You do do what you want. Make it make sense. And, you know. Uh, and someone will give you a time limit because you're not going to stick to it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. That's kind of the mindset is that it's like we're going to give you a time limit, but we don't expect you to stick to it. So it's kind of like it's kind of like messing with your head there because it's like, hey, we're going to tell you eight expecting you to go ten. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, one thing they did uh, this time, this particular show, they uh, after you read, once you got to five minutes uh, and it was 15 minute time limit, they announced that the match went five minutes. So giving them to know where they're at, you know. Yeah, for sure, yeah. When we got to 10 minutes, uh, you know, they, they was letting them know, you know, where they're at. That way that person could decide when they wanted to go home or not, you know, so. For sure. And and, and on, and on top of that, not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but on top of that, I think one, um, I think when you have those time limit announcements, um, it also creates a sense of urgency for the crowd too. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, this could possibly go to a draw. So it's like, I feel like announcing those time limits is a win-win for the talent and even for the crowd too, because it, it actually creates like a little story within the match. Like, okay, now they got to hurry up and try to get that pinfall, you know? Yeah. Old, old, old school NWA watching it, you know, back in the, in the eighties, uh, watching Georgia championship. And then, uh, yeah, uh, watching NWA, I mean, they always, Give you know the time you know yeah. always always did yeah it creates that intention you it had does. and you it had does. a lot of time you had a lot of time limit draws on those shows a lot of, a lot of them were ten minutes back then they did a lot of ten minute uh, matches yeah yeah but, but the, uh, one thing if I can remember what because I, I switched on it um, I would imagine it's hard when you're out there in the ring whether being a manager or wrestlers that you could lose time real quick I mean oh yeah. I mean, you could think, hey, well, we've only been out here five minutes and you've been out there 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, because I would think time would be. Really I, I, I got to tell you, like being being an in-ring um, personality, even just being a manager, like I've never felt more alive than I have when I'm out there and through the curtain. Cause I'm not thinking about anything else except for, okay, I got to entertain the crowd. Okay. I got to make sure that I know when this next move happens. Cause once this specific move happens, this is when I got to jump up on the apron or this is when I got to distract the ref, you know? So I got to be conscious of, whatever move that they're calling. Cause they'll tell you, be like, okay, we might hit a shining wizard or it might be an insiguri after that insiguri or shining wizard hit the apron, hit the apron, hurry up. You know? And, and it's like, you so much that you got to think about. So yeah, losing time could easily happen. Yeah. And the time, the time that you're going to take could also vary on if you, cause if you have the crowd eating out of your hands, you're, you're not going, you're going to keep going a little bit longer. You're not just going to end it when, if you know the, if the crowd's really into it. Oh yeah. When the crowd is hot, there's sometimes when you do have to like call an audible there and be like, okay, things are this, okay, this crowd is hotter than what I expect. So let's try to go a little bit longer to kind of, to kind of cap this off. Or there might be some times when you expect the crowd to be hot and they're not hot. So it's like, all right, let's kind of go home with this. Cause they're already tired. You know, so like it's just you got to feel it. This is what Elijah tells me all the time. You got to feel it. You got to know. And it's not 
So like, it's not ABC because that was one of the mistakes I was making when I first started was like, I was just looking at everything as a formula, like, okay, they're going to go out there. We're going to go to the ring, get to the ring. A few moves are going to happen. Then my, then, okay. After this certain move, I'm going to jump up on the apron and do this. Like, it's cool to try to have everything and think about it as a formula, but like when you're out there, it's very much not a formula. It's very much just feeling it and going with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Okay, after OVW, I know. Uh, what have you done any other shows since OVW? You know, I pulled up on uh, WTF. That's uh, you know, Wrestling Theology Fellowship. I yep. wasn't I wasn't booked for that show, but I didn't go there trying to get booked. I went there because once again, and I know we'll have this talk even deeper. The whole sports entertainment aspect to professional wrestling. I, I like I have been doing the sports entertainment aspect to like before before chris jericho said it and everybody went nuts you yeah, know when he, yeah. he said it on aew and everybody went nuts now the new wave is all oh, sports entertainment is not such a bad word after all because jericho said it uh, you know like i was doing that before the fact so they're like i really just went there to like film some footage and keep some of the stories going with uh, me and sam and paragon and, and the twins you know i very much pride myself in and filming, I'm the director, you know what I'm saying? So I very much pride myself in filming footage and, and teaching these young cats that like, hey, like, it's great that you can do that 450. You know, it's great that you can do that uh, uh, Tope Suicida, but that's not what people are remembering. What people are remembering are the stories. And that's what's going to really remember, because you can do, you, you, you can do 500 450s and they they if there's a story to it they're going to remember the story over that so i pride myself in 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 closing that gap between independent wrestling and sports entertainment even if it's on a smaller scale yeah and we we actually saw you at that wtf show yeah i actually want to give you a shout out for that cuz you you stood there probably 35 40 minutes after the show just talking to us about di about different things so for we sure, always appreciate that because you've helped us out a lot since we've got this started. Yeah. Oh, well, you guys have done the same for me, just bringing me on, like opening up the platform for me to come on anytime I want to and 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 talk about anything. So, like, I'm always happy to help you guys out. You guys, I mean, and 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 another thing, you guys are one of the few, and I there's people that ask me all the time for advice and help and stuff in terms of podcasting because that's how I like, even though I'm, I, I've switched gears and became a commentator and then switched gears again and became a manager. Like I, I cut my teeth and got into the, this business through podcasting. So people ask me all the time and ask for advice about podcasting, but they don't always listen. And, and honestly, a lot of them don't last. You guys have been able to last. So like, I'll always help you guys any way I can. Appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, let's talk about this weekend show and then we'll get into the sports entertainment. Sure. Sure. Got a big yes. show this weekend. It's a, a fundraiser for uh, the Muncie Wrestling Club. Yes. Uh, DCCW uh, Bearcat Rumble 2. Yeah. I, I know the director is going to be there. Yes, man. I'm, you know, I'm super excited for this show. This is my first DCCW show since Vegas, since OVW. So, like, it, this is great for the Muncie crowd. And I talk a whole lot of mess to the Muncie crowd. Like, that's just part of who I am. But but deep down, I, I got a lot of love for Muncie because 
Muncie accepted the director. Muncie accepted Hollywood House. Muncie accepted In Your House. They're just getting a different carnation of that now because I, when I first started cutting my teeth there and, and doing this and doing commentary and stuff, I like I was an uber baby face. You know, people love to see me. Now they can't stand my ass. So <laughs> and and that's and that's okay because I I I want to create that stark contrast between characters so that way they can enjoy Hollywood House on a completely different level. I don't ever want to be one dimensional. Um, so it, it's great because the DCCW crowd that has been behind me since day one is now going to see a more evolved and a, and a different director. And I'm really excited to do that on top of, you know, um, give back to the, you know, Muncie Wrestling Club and whatnot. We're going to have some great names in the house. We're going to have Carlito. We're going to have Epico and Primo. Rikishi's going to be back once again. It's always a good time when Rikishi comes to Muncie. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited on top of the great talent that we're going to see. We're going to see my boys, the realest tag team in the universe, the DCCW tag team champions. And, that, of course, that's the highlight reel. You know, Dex is going to be there. Um, it's just going to be a great Rachel's going to be there. She's just coming off a girl fight. Rachel stock is, is going through the roof. That, yes. that, that young lady is super talented and she's definitely going places. So like you guys want to be a Muncie. If you anybody listening to this, watching this, you guys want to be a Muncie because it's going to be a great show and uh, it's for a really great cause. So come check it out. Show. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the highlight rule and uh, Epico and Primo match. I think, I think that's going to be great. I think it's going to be fantastic. And then get Absolutely. to see, and then get to see Carlito. That that's, that's going to be, be cool. Be cool. <laughs> you guys cool. got, got some great young talent, like I said, Dex Royal and Highlight Reel. I I, I believe uh, Blake Money Wright's going to be there also. Oh, I love Blake. He's uh, a great kid. Unfortunately, there was a couple uh, uh, guys were going to be on the show and got injured. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Logan Myers, Brody Botkins, and Logan Myers both got injured, but. Uh, and Botkins um, is going to make his DCCW debut. His debut. So oh. That's, that yeah. sucks because I've been hearing about him for a while and I was finally going to be able to meet him. Yeah, hey, he's, 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 good. he's good. He's impressive, especially for a big dude. But yeah, he broke a bone in his leg. Yeah. I'm like, down toward the ankle. Yeah. Always hate to always hate to hear stuff like that. This is why this is why we say y'all like give it up for those people that put their body on the line for all of our entertainment, even mine too, because even though I'm very much a manager and a commentator and, and, and a sports entertainer, I'm still a fan and I'll always be a fan. So like they're putting their body on the line for my entertainment too. So just keep that in mind. Um, everybody out there listening to it, to this great podcast here, um, keep that in mind. They're doing a lot just, just to, just to take you guys away from your everyday problems for two or three hours, you know? So like respect, you know what I'm saying? I know Brody had a uh, Brody had surgery uh, yesterday. If, from what I hear, everything, everything went well. So, okay. That's good. That's hopefully good. he'll have a speedy recovery and be, be back in the ring. Cause man, he's impressive. Uh, yeah. I, and I think he, I think he could go far in this business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't got a chance to see him in person, but I've definitely seen like clips here and there. And like, yeah, I'm excited to see a full length uh, Boydie Boykins match for real. I'm very excited. I I, I was hope I, I wish it could have been this Saturday, but speedy recovery to my man. Get well. That's the most important thing. Get healthy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think I think uh, Logan dislocated his elbow, did he? Yep. Yeah, dislocated his elbow. So probably out a couple months, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, and I love loud and proud. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I think that he's a super talented young cat. He's got a great look, um, and, and I've 
shared locker rooms with him a couple times. He's a good kid too. So like yeah. it sucks, but um, just once again, same thing with same thing with, you know, Boykins, like just worry about getting healthy right now. Like professional wrestling is still going to be there when you guys come back, just, just get healthy and, uh, and, and get well, you know, because that's what we want. We want you guys to be, the best that you guys can possibly be because a lot of these young cats are going to go far. Like you, we have to really put ourselves in the mindset that a lot of these young cats that are, that are, that we're here at these indie shows. These, this is the talent that we can see on TV in a year, two years, three years, you know, yeah. like enjoy them while they're here because like, it's gonna. It's about to cost a lot of money to see them on a regular basis once they get to that next level. So like that. That's the. That's the beautiful thing about independent professional wrestling is because it's the most ground floor you can get when it comes to uh, uh, catching a talent firsthand. Yeah. Uh, again, so the people know the show is this Saturday, correct? And it's at uh, at Muncie Central. Uh, doors open at six. Wrestling starts at seven. I believe the front row tickets are gone. Uh, they were twenty dollars, but they're all gone. And uh, there's plenty still because Central Gym's a big place, so there's going to be plenty of uh, tickets available at the door yeah. for uh, General Mission. Only ten dollars to yep. see this all this great talent. So you're not, not going to be able to beat that. So hopefully the fans will come out and support support the support the kids and support this great show. You uh, you uh, enter through door eleven, which is in the back of the school, and that takes you right to the right to the gymnasium. Come yep. on, y'all! Come on, uh, come to the show. Tickets, if you need tickets, I have tickets. Just contact me on the Gonzo Sport or the Gonzo Sports Room social media or my personal social media. I'll get back with you. You can get them at Greeks Pizzeria in Muncie, Aaron's and Anderson, Hollywood Salon in Muncie, Jared Bird, Terry Coons, By Rider. Yeah, By Rider. If, yep. yeah, if you go get a car at By Rider and you tell, tell them DCCW sent you, you get that you get uh, a thousand dollars off. Yeah, a lot of car. Yeah. Hey, you and, can't really uh, beat that. Greeks Pizzeria has some great coupons on the flyers that that, that they put on every box when you order a pizza. So, I mean, there's a lot of good sponsors out there as well that help put this event on. Oh yeah, and like at, like we do it for the love of wrestling in all forms. Like that's what's so great about this show, honestly, because like we love WWE, we love AEW, we love the MLWs, the the. Uh, triple A's, NWA's, impacts. We love the, you know, we love the DCCWs. We love the emerges. You know, we love the warrior pros. You know, we love the heroes and legends, but like also understand that like we love our amateur wrestlers too. We love our amateur wrestlers too. It's not just, it, we don't just limit it to pro wrestling and the theatrical professional wrestling that we love to see on, on Saturdays, some Sundays, some Fridays, and also on, uh, you know, on TV on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We love, you know, we love our young cats that are staying out of trouble, our young kids that are staying out of trouble and wrestling it for their school, you know, and, and, and doing it, you know, because they, they could have a chance to do it at a collegiate level at some point, you know, but like we got to support them as well because there's a million terrible things that these kids could be doing besides getting on the mat and and uh and getting down and dirty and, and and doing it for the love of amateur wrestling so at the core support professional wrestling at its very purest form um by coming to this show on saturday 
And with with collegiate sports, it's really starting to go into the sports entertainment with WWE. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're signing all kinds of people, uh, you know, basketball players, track, also yep. wrestlers, of course, Gable Stevenson. Gable but, Stevenson. But there's a kid here from, I don't know if you know or not, he's from, from Indiana, grew up. He was state champion, and he wrestles for Michigan. He's a heavyweight. He was an All-American. His name is Mason Paris. He's also signed with WWE. Really? Yes. No, I didn't know that. See, that you never. This is that, that proves my point. And we, and we watched him wrestle. We watched him wrestle all through high school. Yeah, yeah. We and we well, we known him as a little kid. You know, yeah. We wrestled for some teams with with my grandson Austin, uh, Chris's son. They wrestled on some of the same uh, uh, little kid teams. And he's always, I mean, back then he always wanted to be in the WWE. Yeah, so something that it was a dream of his, and you know it's it's coming through. I mean, uh, especially with this name and the name and likeness rules now, where where you you can make money, you can make money off your name now. Yep. So yep. that's that's going that's going to help your these others, because basketball and football are the main sports in college. Yeah. But with this name and likenesses, I think it's going to help like re- your sports like wrestling and stuff grow, yep. because now more money is going to be be getting put into them programs. Yep. Because you're going to have boosters that are wrestling fans. I yep. want to see that team succeed, so they're going. They're going to help that. They're going to help recruiting wise, make sure they get you know, who they need. So I think it's going to help some of the small, not maybe the real small schools, but some of your mid major schools really. Oh yeah, up their level. Oh yeah, I'm happy to. I'm happy to hear it. It just proves my point that this is the most ground floor that you can be when it comes to wrestling of all kinds, whether it be amateur or even professional. This is the most ground floor that you can be. That's why, like. I'm so happy to be in the role that I am. And like, it, it, it's great for me to be able to help uh, some of these young time because like you, you get like, uh, you guys already know there's plenty of places, you know, 1151 Kentucky Avenue. You can go to learn how to wrestle. You know what I'm saying? There's definitely, you can learn how to wrestle, but also it's important to learn how to sports entertain too, because that's exactly what these next level companies are looking for is people who are going to be able to tell you a story. Yes. The wrestling is important and I will never take that away. At the end of the day, it's all about what happens in the ring. But at the end of the day, if you want to go to that next level, if you want to, um, because if you want to go to those OVWs, which OVWs open up your NWAs and impacts, you know, which opens up your ring of honors and your MOWs, which obviously opens up your AEWs. You know, you got to learn how to hold a crowd by telling a story as well. It's so, so important. Never discrediting the wrestling. I will never, ever do that. But also there, there's a place in, in wrestling for telling stories. And it's not just because Chris Jericho said so. It's because it's always really been that way. Yeah, well, perfect example is you was there at the seminar with Ricky Morton. Oh yeah, great seminar. Great seminar, and and I mean, it was just little simple stuff, you know, show, showing how to put a headlock and showing showing all the crowd and working the cameras, you yep. know, just stuff like that that you know made perfect sense that people don't a lot of people probably don't think about. Yeah. And and well, you was a part of the match with the Rock and Roll Express and the highlight reel. Uh, Rock and Roll Express didn't pull out. I mean, these guys are sixty six years old. Yeah, they, they didn't. They didn't pull out. You know bunch of you know crazy moves or drop kicks or even i mean they did very little in the ring other yeah. than work the crowd and you've seen how that crowd was exactly it was a hot crowd and that yeah. and that doesn't even take away from the fact that that ricky morton even at his age could still do a tope suicida yeah. we've seen it we've yeah. seen it but that night in muncie 
It was not necessary. It was not necessary. That crowd was hooked. The, the, you know, that crowd was hooked the minute that those guys walked through that curtain and worked that crowd. And that's why I wanted to make sure I did my part in the opening promo by calling them out and telling them, Hey, if you guys don't come out here and take the highlight real seriously, rock and roll is going to absolutely die. I wanted to help tell that story at least for that night. And, and, and because I could have easily just been like, let's just do the match. Rock and roll is going to hook the crowd themselves. But no, I wanted to contribute to, to them being the baby face by making sure that the highlight reel were the heelest of heels, you know, yeah. even as much as I could for that night. So, like, I know you guys did. I, I, I know I did. I never want to stop learning. But that Ricky Morton seminar was super pivotal and important for me personally because it let me know that a man that is, you know, well into his 60s, well into his old age can still get booked at GCW, can still get booked at MLW, can still get booked at, at NWA. He, he's he's tagging up with his son, Kerry, who's, who's got a bright future ahead of him. That was, that was game right there. If anybody that's in the business that listens to this podcast that didn't make it to that, I'm sorry, but you guys really missed out because right. i learned a lot i learned a lot i tell everybody if you ever get a chance to go to a seminar at rock and roll express you, yeah. you better go oh yeah i mean even us is doing being com doing commentary i, I learned i learned a lot yeah and he was personable i mean he'd come over talk to you oh yeah and, and give give you i mean he would critique you but he it was i don't know they were real personable i love the uh, critique i love the critique it gives me opportunity to know how to get better but uh, one thing I wanted to hit on that central show real quick before we move on is that uh, that central show, it's a benefit show. All the money, ticket sales, concessions, everything goes to the wrestling club, yep. wrestling club. So, so come support the more people that come, the more money that we raise for these kids. Yep, I know, last year, I know th this year off the money they raised last year, this uh, wrestling team was able to buy some wrestlers, some shoes that needed them, some new headgear, uh, Get, being able to take kids to some off-season tournaments. Yeah. So it, 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 I mean, this stuff, it really helps the program grow. We want to give these kids an opportunity to be the best that they can be by having the best gear that they can get. They don't need to be wrestling in old gear, you so, know, by by being able to sign up for these tournaments and get seen more by, by colleges and whatnot. It all helps. So, like, come out and have a great time and know that you're doing a good thing for, for, the, for the Muncie community by helping these kids mold their future. It sucks. It sucks, but there's, there's some kids – their parents can't afford can't afford to buy them the new new wrestling shoes or that yeah. new yeah. that new thing. Yeah. So I mean, and this raises money where hell if they wanted to, they could they could almost make buy shoes for everybody and the whole and like have team shoes and everybody have the same kind or yeah. And then that, you know what I mean? And then yeah. you don't have somebody filling filling left, left out or having left. You know? Yeah. So I mean, it just helps. Well, one thing before we talk about sports entertainment, back to the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. How great! How great of an experience was it to get to work with them, work with the guys like that? So man, I, I had the opportunity to go backstage and talk to them and stuff. Man, it, man, and even at the seminar, they were just—they were real, like I said, they were real personable. They didn't—they didn't just overlook you. They took when they were talking to you, they were talking to you. Oh they yeah, talking to you because you were there. That you know, what I mean, he made you feel like, hey, I'm listening to you. Yeah. So I really, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed it too. And like being able to share that moment in the ring with them is something that I'll always remember because, you know, they're former eight time NWA world tag team champions, you know, and, and the NWA, one of the most prestigious brands in, in, in the entire world. I mean, it's the oldest wrestling company in the entire world, you know, and he's still there all the time. And, and, and also he's over there in Chucky, Tennessee, and he produces, he produces his own show every Sunday, the school of Morton. You know, um, and he's once again, just like OVW is doing, developing and teaching the next, you know, line of sports entertainers and wrestlers, you know, so like he's giving back to the business. And that's what we that when you are in a position like a Ricky Morton, you know, to be able to give back to the business like you got to do it because like wrestling doesn't really owe us anything. You know, wrestling doesn't have to give us anything. And I think that that's what that's. A, a mindset that's lost on a lot of these young cats. And I'm not bashing on the young cats. I'm not bashing them. I just wish that they understood a little bit more that wrestling doesn't really owe us anything. We got to go out and get it ourselves. Even me at 35 years old, I didn't want to be looked at as a, as a manager or a talent or a sports entertainer. That's just local. That's why I took it upon myself to go to Vegas. That's why I took it upon myself to accept that opportunity to be able to go to OVW. You know, I don't, I want to be in a position to, if somebody asks me for advice, I can speak from a place of somebody that's been somewhere, yeah. you know? So I don't, I don't want to, I, I want to be able to help these young cats. That's why this is what a lot of people don't get. Like what I, the, the things that I do. Yeah. It's great for me personally, as a brand, it's great for Hollywood house. It's great for household productions, but also I, you know, I have dreams myself to eventually, um, uh, start up a school, you know, when I get to that point and have trainers that can teach you how to wrestle and I can teach you how to cut a promo and teach you how to tell a story and also become a promoter and be a, a reputable promoter of somebody that's going to be like, hey, oh, oh, are you working? Are oh, you working the Hollywood house show? Oh, that's a good show to work. You know, that, that's a good promotion. He runs a good promotion, you know, and the only way that I can do that is by going and learning from from these veterans of the game, from these minds of the business. So like to to share that ring with them, to share those moments with them backstage. And like you said, super personable. Both guys super personal back there, cracking jokes, having a good time, you know, and and, and like they're they're older cats. So I don't want to say every joke that they said, but <laughs> but 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 they're. <laughs> They're great. Like they're good. You can tell they're good, solid people, you know? So like, it was just awesome. I like this journey has just been incredible. And like when it's my time to give back and, and actually start a promotion, which is what I really want to do at some point. Um, I want to do it from a place of somebody that's been somewhere. And I want, I want these young wrestlers when I'm in my, when I, when I'm promoting in my forties and fifties, I want these young wrestlers that are, um, in their 20s and, and late 20s and early 30s to say, oh, yeah, I, I want to work that Hollywood house show for sure. I got to get on that show. I, I want to be one of those reputable promoters, you know? Yep. Uh, all right. Been talk, we've been talking a lot about the sports entertainment. Let's uh, yeah. let's get into that because you have I don't know, this younger fan base. All For some reason, they're all about the flips, Yeah, which is fine. But it's like fine. we were talking earlier, if there's no story, they really, it really don't mean nothing. For sure. Yeah, no. I, and we talked about it. We we actually started to get into a real deep conversation before we went on the air. Then Chris was like, oh, hold on. Stop. We got to stop. Yeah. We got to make sure because we're going to tell the we're going to say all this stuff before the cameras go on and then nobody's going to hear it. So I'm glad that you did do that. But uh, but like I was saying before we went on air, I truly believe 
that a that a good story, a juicy story, can make a four star match into a five star match, a three star match into a four point five star match. Hell, even a two even a two star match into at least a four star match. You know, like these stories are important. So like. And it's because the big evil WWE said, don't say professional wrestling, say sports entertainers. It was coined as a derogatory and you know, inflammatory type term, but it's not. And it never was just because just because you heard Jericho say it a few weeks ago with the uh, with the Jericho Appreciation Society doesn't mean that it's suddenly okay to say it's been okay the whole time because what is sports entertainment? Oh, that's right. It's making the sports entertaining. Yeah, we're good. You're gonna get great feats of athleticism, the moonsaults, the tope suicidas, the super kicks, which I wish we could see a, a less of, the the you know the Canadian destroyers, which I really see we wish we could see less of. You know, all, all these things, and, and it's all unnecessary if you just have the right story that that is that is taking this to a whole nother level. You don't have to do all this crazy stuff to 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 hook the crowd if you're telling the story. And and honestly, honestly Chris and Tony, the the thing that that these young cats, these young independent wrestlers, I wish they could understand, is that it really only takes like maybe fifteen or twenty minutes to to just cut a good promo and put it online. Because I'm a firm believer, and I'm talking to all you young kids out there. I'm talking to y'all right now. You got. I'm not gonna mention no names because I'm gonna make you guys gonna be like hit me up in my inbox later. Say, oh, well, you was hating on me. You was hating on me, Hollywood. No, I'm not hating on you. I'm giving you game. I'm a firm believer that if it didn't happen on the internet, it didn't happen at all. You got to cut these promos. You got to put yourself out there. So like, it just takes a few minutes to tell these stories. And you guys have seen me doing it on my Facebook page, telling stories with Sam. I owe my man money. When is he going to get his money? You know, like, yeah. like just little stuff like that. Like it doesn't take that long. You got, you guys are putting a whole lot of time and effort into your craft in ring. Just take a little bit of less time to put that time into your craft and storytelling and, and entertaining the crowd without having to do a bunch of flips. Yeah. And, and the thing of it is, that, that, you know, everybody says, well, WWE is sports entertainment. AEW is pro wrestling. AEW is also sports entertainment. Whether, oh, yeah. Whether they want to admit, admit to it or not. I mean, a lot of their aspects are, are sports entertainment. Yeah. Um, the probably the the truest pro wrestling program on TV is probably NWA. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we we see it on a weekly basis. We see it on a weekly basis. I really love their uh, format where it's like uh, opening promo, match, backstage segment, match, backstage segment again. Um, maybe something on the podium because I'm a huge fan of the podium. And Tony, I I know you're a big fan of the podium because you're you're probably an old school NWA fan. And I'm not, I'm not even an old school like NWA fan, but because but because of who I produce a podcast for, the Pope Elijah Burke, he's like, man, you need to go back and watch this stuff. You need to go back and watch this stuff. And I did, and I was like, dang this this shit's good. Like, this is good. Yeah. Like it's good storytelling. And you really see that on fight TV 
at NWA 6.05 p.m. Um, you can catch a replay on YouTube at 6.05 on Fridays. Um, their Saturday morning show, which is super nostalgic, Saturday afternoon wrestling, NWA USA. And, and, and what, here's what's so special about NWA USA. Not only does it have that nostalgic Saturday afternoon wrestling feel, but you get a chance to see all of their young talent, their junior heavyweight division, their big, strong Mimses, their Darius Lockharts, you know, the junior heavyweight champion himself, Homicide. Um, you get a chance to see all these uh, 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 great young talents, mainly on NWA USA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I want to ask you a question while I was thinking of it. I just seen an article. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, I'm terrible with names. The owner of NWA. Oh, yeah. Billy Corgan. Yeah. He said that he doesn't know for the future. And it kind of makes sense in a way if uh, a weekly program running 52 weeks a year mm-hmm. is, is the future for wrestling. Does this take more like maybe an off season? Well, he's saying, he's wondering if you should uh, do your show tape. How many episodes, 10, 12, 13. Yeah. And release them all at once. Like on Netflix or oh, like they do, okay, because people because people like doing that binge watch. People like to binge watch, binge watch. And I sat there and I thought about it and I thought about it. I said, if you give me thirteen episodes of forty minutes of wrestling, I'd watch them all in one day probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. And then you're going to be and, and then you're going to be chopping out the bit waiting for more. waiting for when they release more. It makes a lot of sense. So it might. I mean, it could work. That I makes, like- that makes sense. It really does make sense. I like I think in some I think in some forms like people like to have that old school feel like that cliffhanger like there's like oh you got to wait a week to to uh, see what happens next. I get that, but like the one thing about uh Billy Corgan and, and that does make sense because that's how people are consuming media now. Well, they said, consume it by binging it. He said you do that, you know, and put that out and have it out for a month, 6 weeks. And then Give everybody a chance to watch them. Not everybody binges. Give everybody a chance to watch them. And then you do your pay-per-view. That's good. I and do then, like that. And then you tape your next 13 episodes. Or what, or how many. He didn't say how many episodes. Right. Tape your next episodes. They been watch it. Do your next pay-per-view. It, yeah. it makes sense. But see, for them, since they don't have a lot of money. Exactly. But see, here's here's what I like about it, too. Now, here's a special thing about a place like NWA. This is why, once again, I'm making it public that's somewhere that I aspire to go. Um, because NWA is not like the WWE. WWE is a live show Monday. It's a live show Tuesday. It's a live show Friday. And that is a full-time gig. That's a full-time job. But not all of us that are blessed and fortunate and lucky enough to be a part of this business can give ourselves to or, or might not even have the opportunity to give ourselves to a WWE or or any wrestling company uh and travel ever like on a weekly basis the special thing about NWA is that when they do do these big events they do do these tapings where you have three or four five six episodes that and this is why it does make sense what Billy Corgan is talking about because you do those episodes you do those tapings then you go back if you know if you're one of these talents that have a shoot job then you 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 don't have to sacrifice your shoot job just to be a part of this. All you got to do is take a, a a corner of time, maybe take a few days off in a month or a few days off every couple of months. Fly out to wherever you're going to, to do the pay per view, do the tapings, come home, and boom, 
you you just did three or four weeks worth of episodes and you don't have to worry about coming back for another month and a half or something. So I think there's definitely something to it. And I honestly think that everybody talks about your Tony Khans. They talk about your Vince McMahons. You know what I mean? But I really think that people really need to be talking about Billy Corgan a little bit more in terms of being a mind as a promoter because he's really making some great opportunities for not just guys that we saw um, like during the Ruthless Aggression era and a little bit after that, like my, like my man Pope or, or Chris yeah. Adonis or, or you know, all, all these, you know, all these guys, Nick Aldis, uh, he, he's also creating opportunities for the next generation of talent that can come in and do, like I said, NWA USA, work their way up to NWA power and eventually do your Crockett Cups and, and your big events. I really like can, considering where NWA was at like two or three years ago and where it's at now, I really think we got to give Billy Corgan his flowers oh. because he really brought NWA back. And and the, the thing of it is, the pandemic almost killed him. It did. It almost it did. Killed him. I mean, he. I listen. I've listened. I listen to every interview he does on Busted Open. Uh, and yeah, it almost it almost killed him. So I mean, just the fact that they stayed alive, you know, yeah. got a lot of a lot of credit. And been driving. And I know Nick Aldis has been a big part of that too. Oh he, yeah. He's committed a hundred percent to him, you know, and and stayed with him, which he probably had opportunities he could have went elsewhere. You know, you know, other you know maybe AEW or somewhere, and he he didn't go. Yeah. So, so he believes in Corgan, and well, see, originally I, uh, Corgan, when they first come up with NWA, uh, he said it, he thought it was a done deal. They were going yeah. to they were going to be on uh, the WWE network. Oh, okay. Was he going to sell the rights off to the WWE and just no, wash his hands of it? No, it, no. When he when he started, NWA was going to was going to show uh, their shows were going to be on. They had a deal worked out with WWE. He's gonna do like a license licensing deal. He would still own it, but they, it would yeah. air on the yeah. WWE okay, network. okay, gotcha. Something gotcha. happened and it fell through. So yeah. he thought he had a, basically a TV, you know, not a TV deal, but he had a deal. Yeah. And then that fell through, and that's why they end up on YouTube. Yeah. And if they were to go on WWE Network, man, just think where they would be at right now. Yeah. Triple H wanted it because of uh, he's a big NWA guy. Trip, trip, sure. People yeah. don't know that he's a huge NWA guy. And so uh, he wanted it and he thought it would fit right in because the network owns all the NWA. Yeah. So he thought it would fit in perfect. And I don't, know, it, I don't know what happened, but it fell through. Especially mm. when you had the NXT black and gold. And yeah. You, oh yeah. And if you had a product like NWA on there as well. Yes. And it, it'd Prestigious. Been great. Prestigious. And like, how awesome would it have been to, to have maybe um, at WrestleMania, SummerSlam, um, um, maybe the Royal Rumble, maybe a, maybe a NXT Takeover at Stand and Deliver or something to see the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Sweet Charlotte, the ten pounds of gold defended on WWE television. That would have been sweet. I would. I wish they would have done. To, I think it would have been a cool story, even if she would have lost. If they would have had Mickey James win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Oh, that would have been sweet. And had a match with Charlotte Flair or, or Becky Lynch. Even if she loses for the title, yeah. she won't the NWA title, but she goes, yeah. she loses in a great match, 15, 20 minute match. That's not going to hurt the NWA. That's not, no, very it's not. It's going to help them. So, uh, yeah. So I wish they would have done that. I mean, uh, I think people, I think the wrestling community would have been talking about it like crazy. Oh, and absolutely. The other thing it, it would have done, it would have, kind of opened that forbidden door of companies working together. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I know you had AEW a little bit, but if a licensing deal like that, that'd be something totally different. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we haven't seen the, like a 
WWE do a licensing deal with another wrestling company. Yeah, and NWA would have been the one to do it with. Yeah, see, personally, I don't think I don't think Impact got much out of that relationship with AEW myself. I, That's I what a lot of people say. I honestly, I honestly think that it was it, it was better for them to have Mickey James show up at the Royal Rumble with the uh, with the Impact Women's Championship, and everybody's caught up on who said what. Oh, well, they didn't say Knockout Champion; they just said Impact Women's Champion. You're splitting hairs. Yeah. The title was still on Peacock. This title was still saw seen in front of thousands of people at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Big out, pop for Mickey James. Big pop for the music. title. Yeah. Yep. It come out to her music and everything. I mean, I honestly, if I could, if I could, if I could just say this, I really think that we got to, I mean, and I understand like WWE is not perfect. Trust me. I'm one of the first people that would tell you that WWE is not perfect, but I think we got to like do a little bit of better job of bastardizing them because like, Look at Cody Rhodes, for example. As soon as Cody Rhodes ended up, uh, the rumor started that Cody Rhodes was signing back with WWE. Everybody's like, oh, well, guess he's going to go back to Stardust again. Like, come on. Like, no, like, be smarter about the business to know that, no, um, Cody Rhodes is, is really a lot smarter than what people give him credit for. And, and not only did not only did he make it to where he can travel with his family by negotiating to get himself a bus for him and and Brandy and 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 their child, you know, he he went from a he went from a five hundred thousand dollar talent to a three million dollar talent, and and what they're buying is they're not buying Stardust, they're not buying the mustache guy, they're not buying the legacy guy, they're buying. The American Nightmare. That's what they bought when they signed when they signed Cody Rhodes. They bought the American Nightmare brand, and Cody is smart enough about the business to say, "Hey, I want it in writing that you guys aren't gonna do stupid shit yeah. with my character. You guys are gonna let me be the American Nightmare," and that's exactly what we're seeing. Yeah. And now he's more over than he ever was in AEW. Yeah. yeah. He, go ahead. Go ahead, Dad. Yeah, he he uh, built that character over six years. Whether it was in, you know, that, that character evolved for six years with A, A with AW New Japan and Ring of Honor. Yeah, he built that character over over six years, and they would have been fools not to use it. And uh, I mean, they used the music, they they used everything. I mean, yep. and people said, "But I can't believe on this last interview, he said he said he said belt instead of title." And yeah, he, and and he said, "And uh, what was the other? Oh, he said wrestler instead of superstar." Yep. Vince and him are smart enough yep. to do that, you know, to get people talking. And the fact yep. that they had, and that's why they also had Miz playing the perfect WWE guy saying yep. it's not, that's not a belt. It's a title. It's, it's not wrestling. It's a uh, superstar. superstar. It was perfectly done, but, but it wasn't, you know, it, Vince and them all put that together with Cody. I'm sure it was Cody's idea, but it was all yeah. proof, you know, well, but, like they told Cody that he wasn't ready. Well, he he went and made himself ready and came back and said, "Hey, now pay me. I'm ready." Yep. And well, per- perfect example of that is Vince, uh, Nick Khan, and who's the other one? Oh, uh, Bruce Prichard. Yeah. Flew, flew, took a plane, flew to see Cody. Yeah, that so proves he had wanted to, him. He yep. had the leverage this time. Yep. Well, Vince told him. He said, "You you you proved it. You 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 proved yourself." So I mean, yep. 
and he came back into and look look at and this these this is what we see right like this is what we see is one is we got to get out of the mindset of when WWE releases you that means that you're gone forever yeah. because if you really want to and and it's not always right it's not always a good situation but like you you see situations where guys leave and and get better understanding of the business and then they come back if you want to talk about another good example besides cody rhodes look at drew mcintyre for example drew mcintyre was somebody that got fired from that company and then came back and won the, the nxt championship won the wwe championship at wrestlemania carried the brand through the pandemic as the champion yeah. it's just all about having a better understanding of a bit of the business and looking at professional wrestling as a business, yeah. it and sucks when people get released, but that, that happens in a business. Got, people got to quit making or quit looking at WWE as like they're the devil because they release somebody. Because so, sometimes it's just sometimes that you can mutually part ways. It's not always. Yeah, I mean different situations, but like you said, look how many people have came back. Yep, and, yep. and earned an opportunity. And uh, and. And uh, so, sorry to interrupt you, Tony, but I just want to I want to make this point real quick. Like, yes, you you sign there with WWE and you get all that WWE exposure. You're on national television every week. In some cases, maybe not every week. Maybe you're in catering, you yeah. know, but but like when you do get released from there, like everybody's looking to book you. Yep. You're gonna get after you get released. You're gonna get booked. Now is it now is it AE is AEW gonna rush to to come and sign you? Well, there was a time where that was happening because Tony Khan was like, "Oh, well, this guy's released. Let me give him a million dollars." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but I think that I I think to be fair, to be fair, Tony's smartened up a little bit and and was like, "Okay, we can't sign every single talent that gets released, or else." we're not going to have any homegrown talent and we're going to be throwing money at all these guys because yeah. let's face it if they come from wwe their asking price is going to be higher than that of somebody that you're pulling from the indies that you're pulling from mlw that you're pulling from uh impact or something like that so you got to be financially smart too and then tony khan even though he is a fan of the business. He's also a businessman as well. And I think that he understands that he can't, he can't keep throwing millions of dollars at all these ex WWE guys. He's got to build some guys on his own too. Um, but like, that's my point is that it, you, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get people, you're going to get promoters throwing themselves at you the moment that they realize that you've been cut from WWE because your, your value is higher now for have being, for have being in the WWE. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, most definitely. No doubt about it. And so, and you're right, because some of the AEW guys that were getting pushed have cooled off. I mean, yep. uh, because Daniel Bryan and these other guys come in and, and get TV time. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, the guy, I'm terrible with names, guys. I'm sorry. The guy puts his hands in the pockets. Uh, oh, Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. Yeah, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. He's definitely cooled off some. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, the smaller guy that paints his face, it's with Steam. Darby Allen. Yeah. Darby I, Allen. I think he cooled off a lot. Oh, um, yeah. You know, compared to where they were when these guys started coming in. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying they won't get hot again. Uh, I, I think Darby Allen definitely will. Orange Cassidy, I don't know. Uh, he may have hit his peak already. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, he's going to have to have another layer. Or, or I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. But look at, but look at guys like, for example, like um, uh, somebody who comes to my mind. And this example is somebody like Sean Spears. 
Every when he was when he was Ty Dillinger and doing the tin gimmick and NXT and WWE, everybody was like, "Oh God, he's getting held down in WWE. He he can do so much more if he went somewhere else. He could be he could be a main event player." Well, he went to AEW, and guess what? We all realize that Sean Spears is not a main event player. Sometimes going to these different companies is also a reality check and an ego check yeah. to let you know that you're not you're not as Great as you think you, you are. Yeah, you're not where you thought you were. Uh, at least at this point, don't mean you can't get there. But Hager, has, Hager hasn't done a lot. Jack Hager, he hasn't done a lot, really. But I mean, he's been Jericho's henchman, and that's about it. And this is a, this is a guy that was a former world heavyweight champion in the WWE, and now he's just Jericho's henchman. And and I'm and listen, I'm sure he doesn't care. He's getting paid a bunch of money. He's you know he gets uh, he's. He gets a spot on TV prominently all the time. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine. But the point of the matter is, is that his trajectory in WWE was higher than what it is now in AEW. But you know, it, it's just about how you look at the business. And yeah. I think that I, I think that somebody like him, like like a Hager, is smart enough to be like, I don't need a like I don't need a belt to make me, you yeah. know, important. I, I I I'm I am I am Chris Jericho's day one a one and Chris Jericho was one of the best in this business and has been for a number of years and he's and, and because Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho I'm always gonna have a spot on TV and I'm always gonna have a nice paycheck. Don't think that nepotism doesn't come into play in professional wrestling because it absolutely does. Yes, uh, I think the best signing in my opinion AEW's made. Not that Moxley was a bad one. I think it was a real good one, of course, and, and Daniel Bryan, but uh, Bryan Danielson. But, but I think the best signing they've made is Steve Regal. William oh Regal. my! Well, look at look at the wealth of knowledge that you're getting with William Regal. I mean, I already knew that people were going to be falling all over themselves to to try and get him because he's one of the best minds in the business. And this and and notice what I said there, minds. Minds. William Regal is is probably not going to go out there and have a match anytime soon. He's going to continue to play the role that he's playing in. But see, this is the corner. This is the corner that I'm uh, that I, this is the market that I'm trying to corner personally is to be somebody that can contribute um, good stories and psychology and stuff. And I'm still learning myself. I'm still learning myself. The thing that's good for me is that I put myself in good situations and been around good enough people that are educating me and smarting me up to the business like Sam Knight, like the Pope Elijah Burke, you know what I mean? Like Al Snow, you know, all, all, you know, um, all these great, like, like, uh, like Ricky Morton, you know, yeah. I I've absorbed every I've, I've absorbed things from all of these people that have made me a better performer, that have made me a, a, a better sports entertainer. And, and 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 William Regal is is that he is that he's a great mind for the business. So the way that he's going to curate this whole um, this whole Blackpool Combat Club thing is going to be done beautifully because this guy was the NXT general manager for how many years? Yeah. Then yeah. he was the Raw general manager for a long time. I mean, this is a guy that understands the business. And I, and that's an understatement saying that he yeah. understands the business, you know? So, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. That was a huge signing for AEW to pick up somebody like that because they got all the talents in the world, but they need guys that are going to be able to be like, hey, maybe – you know, six or seven flips in a match isn't a good idea. You got to have those veterans in there that's gonna 
challenge or, these young wrestlers' perceptions. Or 17 super kicks in a row. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. In four, uh, in, four, in four weeks, it took them four weeks with William Regal and Brian Danielson and uh, and Moxley to make that Yuta yep. a, a star. Yep. Four weeks, two matches, and four weeks they've yep. made him. They've made him a star. Yeah. I mean, and, yes. and 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 that wasn't Tony Khan. That's Brian Danielson, Moxley, and, and William Regal. That's yeah. the, that's a story that they put together. There's, there's no doubt about it. Oh yeah. And, that's uh, the, and that's the beautiful thing. About, that's the beautiful thing about what Danielson and, and I'm, I'm gonna let you go. I'm sorry, but that's the beautiful thing about what Danielson, Regal, and Moxley are doing is that Brian Danielson made it a point to say from day one that his goal was to help create stars in AEW, and they've already uh, yeah. set that precedent. You know, yeah. I know we, we, when you said earlier that you think that uh, more wrestlers will leave AEW, I'm gonna throw one out there, and it's a rumor going around, and I, I don't think it's gonna happen at this time. But mm -hmm. I do think John Moxley will go back to WWE someday. I, you know what? If you if if you would have told me that like a year or two ago, especially when he was doing all those podcasts and just totally like shooting on WWE, I would have been like, I don't know. I mean, I respect you as the OG, but I don't know if if that's something that's gonna happen. But 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 I look at the Cody Rhodes situation. And the Cody Rhodes situation, it's always hard to be the first guy to do something, right? Yep. It's always hard to be that first person to to do something that that is is looked at as, oh, that's edgy. That's 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 something because like nobody like everybody's like you're one of the executives of AEW and you're going back to WWE. You look like an absolute hypocrite. You shat on the WWE for how long and now you're going back. Well, once again, like I said, it's always hard to be the first person to do something. Cody Rose has opened up that door to be like, hey, I don't want he and, and Moxley can definitely come back and say, hey, I don't want to come back and be Dean Ambrose. I don't want to come back and be the lunatic fringe. I want to come back as John Moxley. I want to use this music. Yeah, I want yeah. I, I want to have this. I want to have at least this amount of creative control over my character yeah. because that was a big thing with Moxley when he left is that he yeah. felt like he had no control. Yeah. So, like, I think that I, I, I and. I think that it's something that we are going to see. I think that I, I think that WWE has really put themselves in a situation where we're going to see guys come back and come back to WWE and into that more structured environment. Because this is a conversation I was having with Sam a few weeks ago. Um, is that Cody Rhodes is I I I I think Cody Rhodes is a genius. Yeah. I really do. I think Cody Rhodes is a genius. I think that he tripled. I think he tripled his net worth. And I think that he has a lot less responsibilities now in the WWE that he had in AEW. Yeah. And, and let me ask you guys this, it, it, you know, if you are working your shoot job as a manager and you're getting paid, um, I don't know. I'm just putting it out here. You're getting paid $15 an hour. Um, and you have all these responsibilities all these responsibilities that are stressing you out. You're responsible for all these different employees. You're responsible for the customers. You're responsible for this. And it's like, dang, I'm only getting paid $15 an hour to do this. This is a lot. But then somebody else comes with the offer of $22 an hour. And the only thing you got to worry about is what you're doing at the job. Hey, not only are you making more money, but you're taking more stress off of yourself. Dude, that's a no brainer. And the other big thing about that too is that 
he still had a lot of responsibilities, but all creative control got taken away from him. Yeah. So yep. you, you still got all these responsibilities, but the main one of the main things you want to be a part of was a creative control. Yep. And, and that stripped away from you. But again, you got to still do all these responsibilities because he said he never wanted another job in management ever again. In the oh, shoot. I, I say I say the same thing about my shoot job. They always want me to be a supervisor. I'm like, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says he don't want no part of that. Yeah. But see, one thing about Moxley, even though the, he said a lot of bad things, but if you remember when he left WWE, they rolled out the red carpet for him. Oh yeah, they did. They did specials on on uh, did a special on uh, WWE Network aired it live. Yeah. His last match with the with the Shield, they yep. formed. I yep. mean, they did everything you know to try to you know keep him around. Know, even though he didn't stay, stay, they did everything they could to make it a, a good exit. For yeah. Him. So yeah. Uh, so I mean, and look at the look at the money he could make, yep. and look at the money WWE could make if he came back. Oh, for sure, and yeah. and like it's just like with the Cody situation. They're not buying like like a lot of these fans think that don't get it at all. And I love and I love the fans. The fans are the reason that we do this. The reason the fans are the reason why we're here. But like they, a lot of them just don't get it. Like they like as soon as they hear Cody Rhodes signing with WWE, they're like, well, he's going to be Stardust. Well, he's going to be uh, he's going to be in catering. He's going to be uh, low on the card. I can assure you that. In negotiations, Cody Rhodes said, I want to be the, like, you guys are buying the American Nightmare gimmick. This is what you're buying. And and for my father, I want to honor him by having a run with the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. If you like, And, and, and for him to come back and his first promo make his intentions clear that he wants to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Universal Champion, Undisputed, Universal, so much damn names for this shit. Undisputed Universal <laughs> Champion of the Universe, yeah. you know, like, like, um, I can all, I can almost guarantee you that that contract was that that contract included. Oh well, I want to run as the WWE Champion in that contract, or else they wouldn't let him go out there and cut the promo that he cut. A guy, I th- a guy, I think is going to leave is uh, MJF. I think when his contract's up, he's he's going WWE. He better be saying that. He may not go, but he's going to make a lot of money wherever he goes. Well, oh, he's, he's going to use that leverage against, against uh, AEW if he does stay. Oh, for he's sure. Gonna, he's going he's gonna to get paid. The, the thing about the, the thing that we all got to ask ourselves as fans and critics of the business, because all three of us are fans and all three of us are critics of the business, as we should be, because we've been, you know, lifelong fans and i think that that needs to be respected by some of the um, boys and girls that are in the ring too is that you can't think about everything just from the scope of what's happening in the ring but sometimes you have to have fan perspectives too those are important because a fan can tell you whether they liked it or didn't like it or whatever and they shouldn't be like oh well you just say this because you're a mark like let's show some respect to the fans too you know but like the, the question we have to ask ourselves is what kind of MJF would we see with the WWE? Because we're not going to see the MJF that we see on AEW. It's going to be, it, it's going to be a little bit more watered down. Maybe not like super watered down, but like, how is he going to present himself? Because he can't just be another Miz, you know? He can't just be another Miz. He's got to stand out and be different. Yeah. But also he's he's been given the, he's been given the ground, you know, the the ruling and the say so with AEW to kind of be that loose cannon, say yeah. whatever, you know, that, you know, that says the edgy things, whether we like it or not, he's that character. So how are we going to, how are we going to correlate that? How are we going to take that from AEW and make MJF work in the WWE? 
Yeah. I think MJF smart enough to do it. I, I think he can. I think he could. He, I think he could work his character around it. I think. I think he's smart enough. I think they say he's a big student of the game. I believe it. I believe it because he's one of the he's one of the let's like he's one of the biggest names that people talk about in AEW on a regular basis. There's always buzz going around. Or, going or around here. He he tra- he used to train in in, in Indiana. Yeah, I don't think yeah, people he realize how much. Yeah, I don't understand. I think people understand how much talent there is in the wrestling business from this this state. Oh, they don't get it. They don't. And, the one, it, and it could get even better if. People would lose egos and work together. Oh God, I mean, yeah. It, man, it we, oh, so we, oh God, we talked about that a lot, haven't we, y'all? Yeah. God. If, no, one if, thing I did want to hit on before before we get out of here is yeah, that's WrestleMania. We've been talking about sports entertainment, so yeah, we got to talk about the biggest sports entertainment event of the year. Yeah. What did you think of this year's WrestleMania? You know what? Um, as somebody who has watched a lot of WrestleManias, not as much as the OG Tony, definitely not as much as Tony, but but who's watched watched a lot of um, WrestleManias, I really, really enjoyed it. And we talked about it a little bit before the show. Once again, we had had a real good conversation before it went on the air. Like, I don't even, like, this is one of the most memorable WrestleManias, but I don't even think that the matches were, like, that great. I don't think there was, I I don't, honestly, I don't think there was a five-star match on the show. Like at all, like I don't think there was anything that qualified. Like, oh, that was a perfect, flawless match. But, it, but you know what? It didn't have to be. And and this is once again a sports entertainment spectacle. And 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 because of the sports entertainment spectacle, you had your you know your third you know you had your celebrities there. That it, but you know what? I have never seen such a group of celebrity talents work the way that they did. I mean, with the exception of Bad Bunny, who wasn't there, because Bad Bunny is awesome. I mean, but man, you, you look at Logan Paul, Logan Paul, who who was just a heat magnet and really understood how to work the crowd and do some of the moves and stuff. But man, look at, I mean, Pat McAfee was just an MVP. I mean, uh, Indiana's own Pat McAfee was a superstar. I mean, and you gotta, and, and you gotta look at, look, Pat McAfee, this guy is somebody who not only went out there and had a great match with Austin Theory, but he had a moment with Mr. McMahon. He had a moment with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nobody's winning more than Pat McAfee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This, this guy's winning. I mean, even the Johnny Knoxville match, as goofy and silly as it was, was enjoyable. I yeah. enjoyed it. I there, was, I, 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 there was very few matches throughout this weekend that I was like, well, time for me to go take a piss break and get a snack. You know, like it, it was really enjoyable. I enjoyed it and my family enjoyed it. And I know a lot of awesome people who went out there um, to get booked and, and found opportunities there in Mania Week. Because, you know, Mania Week is now more than just WrestleMania in the weekend. It's it's like a wrestling week uh, of everything. Oh, yeah. You had Ring, you know, you had Ring of Honor having their super card show there. A lot of indie shows were there, um, but it, it was just, it was a great weekend, and like a lot of moments were created. And that's what, when I think of wrestling, when I think of wrestling, and I'm sure you guys will agree with that, I think moments, yes, things that you're gonna remember forever. Forever, yeah. the moves are awesome. I'm I will never take anything away from the moves, but there's never a time, except for a few moves here and there, like the like like maybe like like maybe the uh 
uh, Randy Orton RKO on Seth Rollins from WrestleMania a few years ago, or or um, the the Evan Bourne um, shooting star press RKO that he did. I don't remember moves. I remember moments. You know no, what I'm you, saying? You remember like Daniel Bryan uh, main event in WrestleMania. Yep. You know what I mean? You remember yep. that? He, yep. he, he the, the him and the fans made WWE change their minds and make him. Make him make a, him an a so plus many. player because all they was doing was saying he was yeah. a B plus player. Yeah. I mean, it's the stories, it's the moments, it's the not, it it it's the fan the fans, the stories, and the moments are what make you legendary. Juice well, Incredible said, "I'm not a WWE fan, but I loved Mania too." And I love Jushin. I love Jushin. And trust me, all the years that I've known him, he has been one of the biggest critics I know of WWE. So for him to say that he loved for to say for him to say that he loved um Mania really speaks volumes because like it it was. I've been critical of Mania and I'm like, "Dang, I really felt like they left more meat on the bone yeah. at some WrestleManias." This WrestleMania, I do not feel that way. I feel yeah. like that they did a really great job with this WrestleMania and honestly, honestly even with Jericho coin uh not coining the phrase but but um making sure that we all know that um um sports entertainment is not a derogatory term by making it a derogatory term in storyline yeah. yeah. i think that we saw a changing of the guard at wrestlemania that lets you know that we are now going to be in the storytelling era of professional wrestling because everything comes back Everything that's old ends up coming around and becomes new again. We had our flippy stuff, our guys coming out. You know, our ruthless aggression era where everybody came out in black trunks. And I'm like, well, tonight's the night that I'm going to kick your ass and take the championship. And on this very night, in this very moment, this is going to be the moment. You guys remember that, you know, yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that cookie cutter promo. Yeah, cookie cutter promo. You got to think outside the box when you're telling stories. And I think we see a changing of the guard um, where storytelling is now the end thing, where it was the moves and the flippy shit and everything. Now we see a changing of the guard where people want to see more stories and we got to follow that wave. And this is going to be a great time for professional wrestling because it's going to create more moments. Yeah, night one had night one had big moments. You had you had the course. You had uh, you had Stone Cold. Yeah. That's a fourteen minute match. You ever yeah. thought? Hold on, Dad. Could you believe that Stone Cold took that that suplex from the concrete? Dude, I got scared. I'm not even gonna lie. I because I'm a huge Stone Cold fan. He came out. I mean, he came out. He looked good. I'm like, man, he looks good. Yeah. I, I never thought he was gonna do a fifteen minute match and take the bumps that he took. I didn't imagine in a million years that he was gonna do that. And like I'm like I I'm actually and it's this is exactly what we're talking about, the storytelling. Because I was like, okay, this is gonna be great. Maybe I'll, you know, here's what I was expecting. They're gonna have a dialogue, go back and forth. Um, maybe, maybe they'll come together and say, you know what? I like you, Kevin. Let's share a beer. Let's crack a beer together. And then they start drinking, you know, some broken skull, uh, you know, beer, some brewskis and whatnot. And then boom, stunner on Owens, close the show. That's it. That's what I expected. The fact that they swerved me and not only had a KO show, but then it turned into a match made that whole situation even better. It was closure for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was great for Kevin Owens, who can not only say that he main evented a WrestleMania, but he main evented a WrestleMania with his hero, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, that's a moment. Yeah, big that's a moment. And then bringing him back out the next night was genius. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to see him again. 
I thought, I thought like, I was like, okay, I got my stone cold in on night one. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. But then night two, they said, you know what? Let's go out there and have, and have one of the baddest SOBs in WWE history. Not only come out and stun Austin Theory, stun Pat McAfee and give us a whole Give us a whole, whole ton of nostalgia by going in there and having a moment with Mr. McMahon and set, and having one of the worst stunners in history. Because and and it was almost perfect. It was almost perfect. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that the yeah. stunner was as shitty as it was because their entire, the entire program that that um, McMahon and yeah. and uh and and Stone Cold have had every single time that Stone Cold hit McMahon with the stunner, it was always a shitty stunner. Yeah. So like they just followed the story. Yeah. And, and Stone Cold was having so much fun out there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, having a you good time. And that yeah, made it. But again, on night one, you had those big moments. You had Cody Rhodes, of course, coming out. Yeah. Yep. And then and Bianca won the championship. So that night was the night of moments. Yeah. Well, the second night was just a whole lot of fun. Oh yeah. It was oh, just yeah. a just a whole lot of fun. And so I mean, I think they give everybody a little something. Uh, I, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I really think so too. Anybody that says WrestleMania uh, wasn't good to me would have to be just a plain hater. I well, and and you guys know just as well as I do. There's literally thousands and thousands of fans that will not that will not watch WWE, but then say that it's bad based off a headline that they wrote, that I yeah. read, yeah. or yeah. or maybe a clip that they saw of of a very small part that yeah. people that people are uh, cherry picking. They they'll cherry pick uh, things that are said on the show or cherry pick things that aren't good and then put you in that mindset that the entire show was bad. Did you see the views that they got on, on, on uh, all the different platforms? Yes. Yeah. It, yes. Blew, it blew the Super Bowl away. It, it, exactly. This is what we're talking about. This is exactly it is when I, when I say there's a changing of the guard that sports entertainment is really about, even, even though a lot of people are still, there's still a lot of people that are having, having trouble like switching gears and switching their brain to, to, accepting sports entertainment being a thing because yeah. i'm i'm not a wrestler i'm a professional wrestling manager and a commentator just like you guys are commentators and podcasters such as myself but because of the role that i play on screen because of some of the moments that i've had with some of these talents i do consider myself to be at least a sports entertainer you know because i try to make everything that i do and everything that i'm involved in entertaining and it's awesome because I've had these moments in Vegas and I've had these moments I had that moment at OVW that a lot of these talents are a lot, look at Hollywood house and say, you know what? I'm, a, I accept you as a sports entertainer. I accept you as somebody in the business that I feel comfortable, you know, cutting a segment with, you know, because before that, there'd be a lot of people that'd be like, eh, I don't really know who you are. I don't know if I want to cut a promo with you, but now because of what I've done, there's more talents, wrestlers and talents and stuff that'll be like, oh, Hollywood. Yeah, let me definitely let's get the camera going. What's the motivation? What are we doing? So like what I do, I'm I'm a proud sports entertainer. I really am. Yeah, the WWE, that's a thing that a lot of people are bad about, you know, that the, they've went out and they're, they're getting a lot of these athletes and they're training them themselves. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense because they want to train sports entertainers. Yeah. Yeah. Athletic. And a lot, another thing with the athlete, they've trained their whole life. So them coming in and training shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so it makes, it makes sense. And another thing is that, that, and I've been, cause I look at the classes that come in, they're taking about half and half. They're taking yeah. about half uh, of athletes and about half of uh, people from the independent scene. Yeah. 
But I think one thing they've had a lot of trouble with some of the independent wrestlers is they come in and they don't want to listen. Well, here's the thing about the in, the independent wrestlers when they brought them in. And here's really why I feel like WWE went away from mainly signing a lot of because they were because they were signing a lot of independent guys under Triple H's umbrella. Like they like they were they like Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was WWE's unofficial developmental territory for many yep. years. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing: why I feel like they went away from from signing a lot of independent talent because you have a lot of these independent talents that will that will get with their agent or get with a Bruce <laughs> Pritchard or 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 Laurenitis or whoever it may be whoever whoever is is telling them what to do and they're like I'm not going to do that that's stupid I know how the business works. I, that's stupid. That I, I'm not going to do that. Or they know what their rate is. They know what they should be getting paid. Or they want. Or they're so protective of their character that they won't do that silly, goofy thing that they think is going to make them feel stupid or look stupid. Um, with the talent that they're signing now, the collegiate talent, these are people, as you said, Tony, people that are already well trained, well versed, and and making their body look good, having good stamina, being able to go the distance. All only thing that WWE has to teach them how to do is the nuances of wrestling and how to wrestle in a professional wrestling way. Yeah. Um basically but, teach them to teach them to be a sports entertainer. Exactly. But these guys but but these guys and girls that they sign out of college are lumps of clay. They yeah. don't they don't know how the professional wrestling business yep. business works because they didn't they weren't brought up in the professional wrestling business. They came up in amateur wrestling or they came up in track or they came up in 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 um uh gymnastics and so they don't know like the nuances of wrestling. So WWE is actually it, 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 you hate to say it because you because you want to support wrestling or whatever, but actually at its core, WWE is smart for what they're doing yes. in a business aspect because you're spent, you're paying less for these talents out of college that you would pay somebody that's been wrestling for 15, 16 years already. And they know what they're worth. You don't have to pay that for to somebody right out of college. You can pay them significantly less. They're going to listen and tell you what to do. Uh, or they're going to listen and, and do what you tell them to do. That is. Yeah. And, and they're lumps of coal to be built and, and, and molded into what you want them to do. We might not all like WWE's new formula of how they're developing talent, but from a business aspect, it's actually very smart. One thing that Billy Ray says, the WWE will teach you the, the right way to wrestle in the ring. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, he, you know, it's, it's, it's a stricter formula than AEW's formula and stuff, and he say, understands that, but, but they'll teach you the right way. The, one of the main things they're going to teach you, they're going to teach you how to sell. Yep. And he said that's one of the big problems he sees in AEW. People don't sell. Well, yeah, because they come from that fast-paced breakneck indie <laughs> style where where it's like um super kick, get up, um, clothesline, get up, um, let's do flips, let's do choreographed stuff, and then stare each other down while the crowd, you know, cheers us. And like, like, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was Ricochet before he got signed. Before he got signed to WWE, and it was in New Japan with Will Ospreay, and it was—if you haven't checked it out, go check it out on YouTube. Very choreographed back and forth, and like so many like 
old school wrestling fans ripped it apart because yeah. of how choreographed it looked. And like, I personally didn't have an issue with it until I started getting around people like your Elijah Burks, you know what I mean? And, and saying, and saying like, Hey, was it cool looking? Yeah, it looked very cool. But like, Professional wrestling isn't always about looking cool. It's supposed to be gritty. It's supposed to be a fight. It's supposed to be ugly. You know, like, like we want to make you feel like this fight, even though everybody knows that it's a work, but we, we try our best to make it look like it's real. You know what I'm saying? Well, look at, so look like, at, look how McAfee sold. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I he, loved he, how he, he sold. He killed me story. when he was laying there on the ground, pouring that beer in his mouth. Oh, yes. Was, yes. The, the facial expressions from Becky Lynch. Yes. And- and Bianca Belair made that match. It yep. wasn't the moves. It was their facial expression and their selling yep. that made the match. It made it made it a really good match. Maybe right. as good as match of the uh, you know it was definitely one of the top matches of the weekend. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was one of the best, if not the best, match of the weekend. Yeah, McAfee might be their uh, most over baby face that they have. <laughs> man, it and it's it's so real because that crowd like, singing song the whole match. They were singing that interesting the whole. His whole yes, match. yes, it was great. Here's the thing about Pat McAfee that's so special. And like guys like guys like me, you guys, guys like um um the marvelous Mr. Bell, the curator, we're all coming up in a way that Pat McAfee came up in the business. Yes, we know that he, you know, we know that he had a, a great NFL career, but that doesn't matter because this is a completely different line of work. You know, he started off as a podcaster, as a talk show host who got drunk one night and bought a ring online, yeah. you know, and, and like, and, and from, from that, the fruit of his labor ended up being a WrestleMania moment. Yep. Got trained by Rip Rogers. I mean, exactly. you know what I mean? Rip he Rogers, every, shout out to Rip Rogers. everything he needed to do to try to get, to try to reach his dream. Exactly. I mean, look at, look, look at me, for example, for me, for example, this is why I draw influence from somebody like Pat McAfee. And I really, really just love that man. Like, because I started my podcast just because I was bored and wanted to talk wrestling with my friends and what came of it an OVW appearance. I never imagined in my entire life and having guys like Ricky Morton critique my work, having guys like Al Snow and Doug Basham critique my work, having guys like Elijah Burke critique my work. Like I never would have imagined that three years ago when I started in your house, this no. business is a business of opportunities. Well, just like I've been doing, I started the podcast stuff doing the sports and, and wrestling about a year ago. Yeah. Basically for the same reason, because of my medical issues I have, yeah. I, I wasn't working. I, yep. I was bored. Yep. Well, now the other night, the other night we were sitting at Hooters with uh, Doc Gallows talking. Exactly. You know I mean, then we, we were at a show. We got to see uh, Ace Austin. Yeah. And we, we've got to do stuff that I never thought a yeah. year ago that we'd be doing. Yeah. I'll say it again. This business is a business of opportunities if you do it the right way and respect the business. Yeah. And I and I think that we've respected the business and that's why we're having all these amazing opportunities come our way. Yeah, and that's what Vince McMahon's always told people from back in the, you know, 85 and all that. When he started, he said, "I'll give you an opportunity." Yep. That's what he's always told the wrestlers. He said, I'll give you an opportunity, you know, and that's what he's always said. It's up to you what you do. Yeah, yep. it's up to you what you do. Okay. I hate I hate to hate to hate it, but we're gonna have to go. Yeah, that's I have, right. I have a show on the uh I have a sports show I gotta do at one. Totally but before we get out of here, pl- plug all your stuff, brother. 
Absolutely. I truly appreciate that. And I truly appreciate Chris and the OG Tony having me on. I always like I I'm sad the conversations in because I yeah. really enjoyed chatting with yeah, you guys. I but, I, but I understand you have obligations and you're running a whole network here. And I definitely respect what you guys are doing. As far as what Hollywood House has coming up, of course, you could always listen to me and the curator, the Marvelous Mr. Bell every week on In Your House as we critique um um, the mainstream professional wrestling product. We talk independent wrestling and we talk about our live journey um, as we're going through it in real time as professional wrestling managers and sports entertainers. Uh, that's every week. We usually drop on Thursday. Sometimes it's a little bit later because of schedules, but we've we've come to find Thursday morning uh, to be a good time to record and either drop that afternoon or that evening. So that's In Your House, H-O-W-S-C, um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, In Your House, H-O-W-S-E, where you can catch Hollywood House and Sam Knight and Paragon um, in the set. Uh, household Productions. Um, I'm going to be at DCCW, this great show that we're going to be having, Bearcat Rumble this Saturday. That's in Muncie. I'm going to see what kind of trouble I can cause with Terry Coons to make him mad at me again like I always do because I'm so good at that and, and and see what me and the twins can get into at this great show, at this great event for such a great cause. Um, after that, me and Sam and Paragon are going to be making our way. This is going to be, I want to make sure I get the date right here. That's right. The 23rd is we're going to be in Fort Wayne uh, for Heroes and Legends for what is going to be a great event with so much great talent. Um, guys like Chris Adonis are going to be there. Bob Backlund is going to be there. Um, um, Kylie Ray is going to be there. Smiley Kylie Ray. A lot of NWA representation on the show. Santino Morella is going to be there. I mean, it's just going to be, I, I, guys, I'll spend, I'll spend uh, the rest of whatever time I have left telling you who's going to be on the show because it's freaking stacked. It's really an amazing show. Guys, definitely go there to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana for Heroes and Legends. Then after that, I'll be taking a week off to spend some time with the family. But then on the 7th, I'm going to be in Columbus. That's the 7th of May. I'm going to be in Columbus. Columbus uh, for uh, Emerge. I'm so happy to see that Emerge is coming back. Home is where the hurt is, as they're going to be back in Columbus, Indiana, their uh, their home, um, which is their home city for their promotion. And I'm going to see what kind of trouble I can cause uh, for uh, for the set and get under Chris Lowe and their commentary team skin, because I've gotten really good at that as well. Um, and then on the 14th, we got another big DCCW show that's going to be coming up. That is May 14th. That is going to be seeing uh, my friend, my brother, and uh, the man who I uh, produce his five-star podcast. That's the Pope Elijah Burke, the NWA's Pope Elijah Burke. He's going to be there at DCCW in Muncie for May 14th. Uh, of course, I'm hoping to see Gonzo's wrestling room there. I'm sure you guys will be there because anytime the three of us get together, we just talk each other's ear off and it's a great time. Um, so I got a lot of stuff um, going on down the works. I'm I'm working on my next OVW appearance as we speak. Um, so I want to get back there sometime this summer. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to Sam Knight, to Paragon, to Mickey Midas, to the curator, the marvelous Mr. Bell, um, my guys, my dudes, you know, we, we, we've been doing all this together. Uh, the highlight reel as well, excited to be able to work with those young cats again and, and see their growth. Um, and yeah, that that's 
that's everything. I got a lot coming up. It's going to be a very busy next couple of weeks for me, but it doesn't feel like work when you love what you're doing. So like, this is going to be a great uh, next month for the director. And I'm super excited guys. Once again, thank you so much for having me on to this great show. Gonzo sports room, Gonzo's wrestling room. And uh, you guys keep killing it because you guys are definitely uh, setting a standard uh, for what a podcast should be for professional wrestling in the Midwest. Cause I've seen a lot of podcasts come and I've seen a whole lot of podcasts go, but I really do feel like in my heart of hearts that GSR GWR is here to stay. I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, let's see. As far, as far as us, we're uh, live Monday through Friday, 3 PM Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch with easy money, a sports betting show. That show is also live on the all sports, all plays ASAP network. You can find it on the, on their Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. So you can, there's like eight channels you can watch the show on, so we're easy to find. Ooh. Plus, podcast form on all major podcast platforms. We do have a re- pro wrestling podcast, GWR Gonzo's Wrestling Room. New episode drop every Sunday at 9 a.m. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. You can find it on all major podcast platforms. I love them shirts. <laughs> we'll go get me one of those shirts. But yeah, you can find it on all major podcast platforms and you can find the video version on our YouTube page at Gonzo Sports Room. Please hit that subscribe button while you're over there. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitch, please hit the like and follow buttons. Rate and review the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Dad, you got anything? Nope. Um, have a great day, everybody. I appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, we'll also be live tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern with the GSR Gonzo Sports Room. So come join me tonight. A little bit late, but... I found that late night's a good time a good time to talk some sports. So yep. But thanks for joining us. We will see we will see you guys uh here. In, actually I'll be on here in about five minutes on another <laughs> channel. <laughs> you All guys right, peace.